Hey, it's Tara McMullen. Welcome to a special episode of What Works, the show that takes you behind the scenes to explore how small business owners are building stronger businesses. This episode is going to be a look behind the scenes of my two companies and how we're planning for 2021, including some of the choices that we're making and what we'll be looking for as the year progresses. Not only is this a kickoff episode for 2021, it's a kickoff of our January series on working the plan. This month, I'm going to be sharing conversations about planning for parental leave, leveraging LinkedIn, and writing a book, all things that have taken intentional planning and execution. But before we get to those, I wanted to share not only how I'll be working the plan this year, but how the plan got made in the first place. Now, just to timestamp this, I'm actually recording this in in mid-December. So it's possible that I might get new information or ideas that alter this plan. And hey, that is okay by me because the way I see it, planning is a learning process. It's not about getting the plan right. It's about finding a starting point and then learning from the results as you go. My plans are never set in stone. Adjusting my plan doesn't mean I've failed or done something wrong. It just means I'm learning. So I start with the best guess of what I want to do and then adapt from there as I gain new information and experiences. All right, with that out of the way, before I started planning for this year, I really needed to audit my resources and gather information. Like many of you, I'm sure, I ended 2020 feeling pretty depleted, although it certainly ended on some high notes. So I took some time to think about my time, my energy, my mental bandwidth, emotional well-being, skills, money, and support, all of the things that I can count as resources, both personally and business-wise. And I thought about how those resources were allocated across my two companies, as well as in my personal relationships, including my relationship with myself. At the same time, I also took a look at our financials from this year, the successes that we experienced and what didn't work out so well. I looked at the assets we created and the way people used them. From there, I was able to make some rough projections of what kind of revenue we'd see month by month in both companies. And based on that, I had to make a bunch of difficult choices about how I wanted to reallocate my resources in 2021. So first, I decided I needed to rebalance my time so that I was spending closer to half my time on what works and half of my time on Yellow House Media. In 2020, it was more like 80-20. So what that means is that, you know, looking at the revenue projections for those two businesses, I could see that they were easily going to come out at least 50-50 next year, if not seeing Yellow House Media actually surpass what works. Uh, We're on a really fast growth trajectory. We are in the process of launching a new offer that's going to serve a lot more people. And I knew that if I could put more time into that company, you know, we could really see serious growth next year. So I started to think about what it would look like to spend, like I said, half my time on what works and half of my time on Yellow House. 
I also decided that I needed to hire help for the marketing side of things at Yellow House. And I hired Kim Harrington to create an SEO roadmap for our content production. I know that even if I'm spending half of my time on what works and half of my time on Yellow House Media, that my marketing resources are largely devoted to what works. They are built around the value that we create through our What Works marketing systems, this podcast, our newsletter, uh, the various things that we do on social media. And it was going to get a little weird if I started devoting much more of that space and those resources to Yellow House media marketing. And also, I wasn't sure, and I'm still not sure, how effective that would be in the first place because people are on those lists and paying attention to those things because they want the the sort of general business strategy information as opposed to podcast-specific information. I'm sure there's some overlap. I know there's overlap. But I also know that the, the What Works resources in terms of marketing need to stay What Works resources in terms of marketing. So my goal of, you know, kind of creating an SEO strategy around our content production is that I know I can crank out writing, effective writing, very quickly. And I also know that if that writing then brings in traffic passively to our website through search engine optimization, that I will have sort of an ongoing engine for bringing new people into that business and then into what what is our now our membership site, Standout Podcast Club. And that's going to help us grow. It's not going to be immediate, like, you know, sending an email to a list of thousands, but over time, it's going to create immense leverage in our marketing. So that was my reasoning there. I also realized at this point that I did not have the emotional well-being or mental bandwidth to take on a new set of mastermind groups, which is something I've been doing for over five years now. And so instead, I chose to put my energy into six one-on-one coaching and strategy clients. If you were running groups this year, if you've been leading a community this year, you know how much more you've had to put into thinking through the experiences and emotions and and worldviews and, and just all of the stuff that happens in people's brains and businesses and experiences throughout this year. It has been an incredibly rewarding, but also really challenging experience to be holding space for so many people that are experiencing different things and juggling different kinds of priorities throughout this year. And I just needed a break. But that was going to put a pretty big dent in our overall revenue generation. So I needed to think through, all right, well, if that's not going to work, or if if I need to take a break from that, how can I replace that income in a way that I do have the emotional well-being and mental bandwidth for? And so I realized that, you know, at Yellow House this year, we've been working one-on-one with a lot of people. And in the past, I've really thought about that work as kind of draining in and of itself. But this past year, I just really loved it and often felt uh, like those were some of my most masterful moments of the year. And mastery is a huge value for me. And so it seemed 
like a good idea to take the emotional well-being and mental bandwidth that I have and really just focus it on a much, much, much smaller group of people uh, in and work with them uh, much more on a one-on-one basis for at least the first six months of the year. So that that was also just a really big change and a difficult decision, but one that was based on really getting real <laughs> about my resources and what I need over the next six months or so. So once I was clear on my resources and I'd gathered up all the information in front of me, I could move on to actually planning. Now, my planning process starts with setting my commitments for the year. Now, if you haven't heard me talk about this before, you may be wondering, well, what the heck are commitments, Tara? Well, I realized a few years ago that goals were causing me to make lots of choices that weren't really aligned with my values, they weren't aligned with the way I wanted to show up in the world, and they weren't satisfying or fulfilling to me. And in fact, setting goals started to produce anxiety for me where even if I would hit a goal or and you know many times did the anxiety of what is the next goal what am I going to reach for next how, you know how am I going to make that happen would become overwhelming and so between making choices that you know in hindsight I don't love and having that anxiety around goals I decided I need to not set goals anymore. But I still needed a way to direct my energy and to direct my work and to plan for the time in front of me. And so where I landed with that is this idea of setting commitments. Commitments are like my compass. They help me orient toward my vision for myself and for my business. And they remind me to make choices that help me grow into who I want to become as a leader, as a business owner, as a wife, as a mother, as a human. So how do I determine my commitments? Well, it actually starts with a look back. I ask myself some questions and and really just start to get curious about what I've learned over the last year or so. So what did I learn about myself this year? What have I learned from my relationships, my work, my creative pursuits this year? What have I learned about my business this year? And what did I learn about the habits that separate me from my vision, that make it difficult to bring that vision to fruition? Now, 2020 had so many challenging components that I learned a lot this year. And I imagine that you did too. I learned that I avoid conflict in a way that is incredibly unhelpful to me and my community and the groups that I run and the people that I work with. And uh, I, you know, I've had to think through like, what does productive conflict look like? What does relationship building, community building conflict look like? And how can I step into that more often? I've learned some new things this year about my chronic depression and anxiety disorder. I have learned that I was way more depressed than I gave myself credit for. (laughs) And I'll talk more about that later. But it's been a real revelation to me. And I'm very glad that I learned that lesson. I also learned that I have been acting, behaving, uh, planning, thinking out of a deep sense of separation from 
my relationships, my community, the people around me. And so that's something that I'm kind of working through and and thinking about right now. And I also learned that it is possible to lead without dominating. And let me just say a couple of words about that and what I mean by that before I move on. What I mean by leading without dominating is that so many of the frameworks, the paradigms, the models that we have for leadership are based on uh, a paradigm of domination, that I will tell you what to do, or I will tell you where to go, or follow me and everything will be okay. And you know, not everyone who follows those paradigms is necessarily hostile or harmful uh, on purpose. But I really started to realize four years ago now, that I didn't want to recreate those dynamics anymore. No matter what my intent was, no matter what the purpose was behind it, no matter how uh, you know generous I thought I was being, I didn't want to replicate that domination paradigm as a form of leadership anymore. And I'm sure there are plenty of you thinking, well, you know, leadership isn't domination. Like, okay, that's, yes, I get that now. <laughs> but I didn't necessarily get it before that, because all I could see were these paradigms of domination when it comes to leadership. And so this year, I really heard from my community, from the groups that we run, from the the relationships that I was in, that they were craving more of my leadership. And that was fascinating to me because I had stepped back so much in an effort to not dominate that I didn't realize I wasn't leading anymore. And so as this year has progressed, I've learned little bit by little bit by little bit ways that I can step further into leadership, become a much, much stronger leader without recreating those dominating paradigms. And that's been a fascinating learning from this year. And it's definitely something that I want to leverage into next year. So as I started to mull over all of my answers to those questions and reflect on those lessons that I've learned, I could also see a bunch of situations that happened over this year for which I would make different choices now. I would have handled them differently, knowing what I know now, having the resources that I have now. And those situations also tell me quite a bit about what I want to work on in 2021, what I want to commit to. So with all of that in mind, the commitments that I've landed on for 2021 are adapt and emerge, open to belonging, and stay curious. Adapt and emerge, open to belonging, and stay curious. Now, I'll use those commitments to guide the choices I make throughout the year so that I'm orienting myself toward personal growth and development so that I am becoming the person I want to become and live the life I want to live. Now, from there, I actually work a very similar process focused on my businesses, and I consider what choices I want to make about what we'll pursue over the next year in service of our vision. Those are our strategic priorities. 
Now, at What Works, our strategic priorities are going to focus on gathering new people into our community and leveraging our leadership to create tools to help people run stronger businesses. Now, this is new for us. This first priority is the next step from the operational foundation building that we've been doing over the last few years. Our strategic priorities, the last couple of years at least, have been much more focused on how the business runs as opposed to getting out and meeting new people, getting in front of new people. And so even though you know I have a passion for marketing, I enjoy marketing, marketing has not been a strategic priority for us. And that's because we wanted to make sure that things worked really well before we set out to reach many new people. And you know, our audience has been large enough that we've been able to make the business work with the folks that were already paying attention. Now, the second priority is based on what we learned about leading without dominating this year, which is why I spent a little more time talking about that. And so we have been developing tools and experiences and resources that we can leverage, that we can utilize to help lead our members without dominating them. Now, at Yellow House Media, our strategic priorities are expanding our capacity by building our team and gathering podcasters to work with us at our membership site, Standout Podcast Club. Now, as we're entering our second full year in business, we're realizing just how right we were about the demand for what we're doing and the value that it can contribute to the way podcasters produce content. And that means that we need to hire people to help us help more podcasters and we need to pursue sharing our resources with more podcasters in a more accessible way. And so that's really uh, the intention and purpose behind both of those strategic priorities. Now, it might be helpful to note at this point that these strategic priorities for both companies are specific enough that they mean we have to make real choices about what we pursue and what we don't pursue this year. But they're also expansive enough that they provide us lots of ways to make the businesses stronger over the year. For instance, at What Works, gathering new community members could include things like social media, content strategy, and expanding the reach of the podcast. It could also include things like potentially pursuing referral partnerships, affiliate marketing, or new products that help us bring new people into our orbit. At Yellow House, building our team points to a pretty clear set of projects, but it can also include a switch to a project management system better suited to a larger team. It can include optimizing our systems, and it might even include training existing team members to do jobs that only Sean and I have been able to do to this point. Now, once I know our strategic priorities, I need to translate those priorities into projects. To get there, I like this question. How does my business need to adapt to fulfill these strategic priorities? In other words, what needs to change about how we do things now so that I feel confident that how we do things is aligned with our strategy? The answers to that question become my project list. Now, projects are the discrete, actionable way I organize my plans. Each project is specific. It has a clear outcome and scope, as well as a way to measure results. Typically, the projects I plan take about four to eight weeks to execute. If they take longer than that, I try to break them down into smaller scopes with sort of interim outcomes. 
Our projects also need to directly serve our strategic priorities and how we're taking steps toward our vision. If they don't, if a project that we come up with doesn't match our strategic priorities, then that needs to get put off until the next year. And then when it comes to planning our projects, my goal is to plan out my best guess of the projects that we'll do over the year, but focus on the details of the first quarter. And I typically plan about three projects per quarter. So at What Works, our first projects are going to be developing some more effective marketing systems. So first, building out a regular process for pitching podcasts to get in front of new audiences and expand the reach of this show. Second, it'll be creating a more sustainable way to repurpose content for Instagram. And third, making changes to our website to make it easier to find the boatload of content that I create so that I can take advantage of our existing content creation systems in a more effective way. Now at Yellow House, our first projects will focus on expanding capacity as well as inviting people to the new Standout Podcast Club. So first, we're hiring a new podcast editor. We need more people, more hours to be able to edit the podcasts that are coming our way. Second, we're creating SEO-optimized blog content, as I mentioned earlier. And then third, we're rebooting our much-neglected email newsletter so we can welcome new people into the club. Now, I wrote this down the other day, and I think that it's worth sharing here. I wrote, the longer I've been in business, the more apparent to me just how slow things actually move. While everything might feel urgent and high priority right now, the truth is that the vast majority of things will take their good sweet time to come to fruition, no matter how much anxious energy we put towards them. I know that might be tough to hear. It is tough for me to say as someone who likes to move fast and get things done quickly, but the more I allow this to be true, the more I allow this to be a given in the way that I plan and work, the more satisfying my work is, the more fulfilling my work is, the less urgent and anxious my work is. Now, I'm recording this episode, as I said, in mid-December, and my brain is telling me that once I've taken a couple of weeks off from regular work, I'm going to be able to hit the ground running in January, and I'm going to be able to tackle all the things right away. But my body is reminding me that even with the new year energy, things will take the time that they take, and that there is time to commit to everything that matters. Now, there are a few other pieces to my planning puzzle that might be helpful to share here. And the first one is that I schedule my no appointment and vacation days a full year in advance. I actually did this in October, I think it was, September or October. I went through the 2021 calendar and I marked off days that no one could schedule appointments and that we would not schedule events, and also actual vacation days. So typically, those no appointment days are days where I either use it for kind of heads down creative work, uh, or they're days that become days off, sort of like mental health days, right? Planned mental health days. So I have I leave those options open there. And I find those no appointment days by looking at the end of every month and setting aside the days in that final week that I can. And one of the ways that I am able to do that is that the way we schedule events and coaching calls and 
pretty much anything in our business is that we focus only on the first three weeks of the month. The fourth week of the month is set aside to catch up, to uh, reevaluate, and to take those planned mental health days when they're necessary as well. And to just get more creative work done, because who doesn't need more time for creative work? So on a typical month with four main weeks in that month, I take off three or four days from my appointment calendar out of that week. For months where there are five weeks or where our sort of our appointments fall over five weeks for that month, I take a whole week out of my scheduling calendar. So those are my no appointment days. Those are days that might be work days, might be time off days. They're definitely set aside so that I know that every month I have time for good, solid, creative work. But I also, of course, plan vacation days as well. Now, in 2020, like lots of people, I was absolutely rubbish about taking time off. And there were lots of reasons for that. Some of it was that I created more work for myself in an effort to lead, to try to make things happen for people, to serve people in uh, as best a way as I could. It also was a result of Yellow House growing probably more quickly than we expected and the the workload there being greater. Um, And then also with COVID kind of taking away the things that we normally do on vacation, you know, travel specifically, it almost seemed like, what's the point? And so it was really easy to let those vacation days slide. And I certainly regret that. And so for this coming year, while I always do, you know, while I always plan out my vacation time pretty far in advance, I am working on being very mindful that that is actually time that I need to be not working. Even if I'm still just sitting in my own house, (laughs) I need to be not working those days. I need to be reading books and practicing yoga and going for runs and, uh, you know, hanging out with Sean. Those are the things that I need to do during that time. And then that's going to be really important to the way this this year unfolds. Another thing that I did as part of my planning process this year is that I created a time budget for myself to put some guardrails on what I say yes to in both businesses. Because like you, I am very good at saying yes to way too many things. So to create that time budget, I broke down my roles and responsibilities in both businesses and allotted an appropriate amount of time to each. So my roles in both businesses are basically marketing, service or product delivery, and then management and admin. Those are my three main areas of responsibility. And then in each of those areas, there's the common tasks that I do week in and week out that I want to account for. So, you know, that's social media and newsletter and podcast on the What Works side for marketing. On the Yellow House side, it is going to be predominantly that SEO content that I've talked about a couple of times. And so I took each of those activities and I said, all right, how many hours per week do I want to budget for this particular activity? Now, I know, I know that I'm really bad uh, at estimating how long things are going to take, but I wanted to give myself some boundaries on my time to see if I could 
make decisions with those boundaries in mind. And so that's essentially the role of this time budget. I will also, and this one still scares me a little bit, but I will also be trying zero-based scheduling next year to make sure that I am following the budget as much as possible. Another thing that I've decided on for this year is not planning any big personal projects right now. I am going to wait and see how some of these big business shifts play out before I commit myself to anything additional outside of work. And then the last thing is that in November, uh, I went back on depression and anxiety medication. And frankly, it made me realize just how depressed I've been and for how long this current period of depression has lasted. I truly had no idea. I assumed that I was just stuck and failing myself and others, but I was depressed, (laughs) And as someone who has suffered from depression most of their life, I really should have seen that before now, but I'm glad that I saw it now. And so this has given me a completely new outlook on this next year and how I will be able to show up for myself and for others this year. And I'm really, really excited about that. All right, we're just about ready to wrap this up, but you might be starting to wonder how I actually manage all of this, how I track all of that. And the answer to this is that I use my leadership dashboard. Now, the What Works team runs on Notion, and the leadership dashboard is sort of my personal hub inside our Notion workspace. It gives me a place to check in with my commitments, my strategic priorities, my long-term project planning, my short-term project planning, and my weekly to do list. It allows me to see everything that matters all in one place and then proactively manage how I want to move those things forward over time. Now, if you'd like to plan for 2021 with me and get your own copy of the Leadership Dashboard, I want to invite you to register for the Commitment Blueprint. We're running our next session January 12th, 14th, 19th, and 21st. That's the second and third Tuesday and Thursday in January. And those sessions are going to be at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Each session is about 90 minutes long, and I'll walk you through a different aspect of creating a flexible, humane, plan for your year each session. We'll tackle your commitments to guide your choices, choosing your strategic priorities to focus your business, planning your projects so you get the important stuff done, and managing your follow-through. Go to explorewhatworks.com slash commitment to find out more. All right, next week, I've got a conversation with YouTuber and business strategist Gillian Perkins about how she planned for her recent parental leave. We'll talk about how she batched her content, how her leave impacted her team, and what she learned from previous leaves. You're not going to want to miss that or any of the other conversations we have planned for January and our Work the Plan series. So if you haven't already subscribed to What Works, go into your podcast player now, hit that subscribe button. It is completely free and you'll get what works downloaded to your device every week when we release a new episode on Tuesday mornings. If you're an Apple podcast user, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review and let us know about what you love about what works. 
What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode was edited by Marty Seafelt, and our production assistants are Kristen Runvik and Lou Blazer. 